grace of God. Tell somebody the sustaining grace of God. <clears throat> Come on, shout it, the sustaining grace of God. Let me pick some two pieces of scripture from the Bible. The first one is Acts chapter 20. I'm looking at 28 to 32. And the second one is Hebrews chapter 4, the verse 14 to 16. The sustaining grace of God. Amen. Acts chapter 20, 28 to 32. Shall we rise for the reading of the opening scriptures of this as our custom is in this house? Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch, and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Hebrews chapter 4, the verse 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let me pick the last verse again, 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Amen. Shall we be seated? God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. The sustaining grace of God. The sustaining grace of God. The word to sustain means to keep against all odds. To cause to live and to be perfected against all odds. The world is a stage where many things take place. Many battles are fought. Many things happen. The world is a big stage. Different acts take place. Different things happen. Sometimes the world dishes out things you don't expect. Things you never thought about. You may find yourself in a corner when you did everything not to be in the corner. 
the world can bring it to you in that state. Sometimes it is not so much about what you can do or what you cannot do or what you have done or what you, 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 you haven't done. You know, there are times you think I didn't work hard. Sometimes it's not like that. There are times you think I, I did so much and, and this. But sometimes the world doesn't look at that. And for me, that is where the God factor is important in the life of every human being. Because whether we like it or not, the world is a big stage. So, when it comes to the place where I am hemmed in, I am caught up, I am facing some things which is beyond my expectations and uh, beyond what I can bear. Then God comes in. That's why the Bible makes a statement I so much admire. He says, there is no temptation that has overtaken you but such as is common to man. God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So God's factor comes in. To assume that this world is ruled by only what we can see and what we can hear it's not only wrong, but it's dangerous to existence. Because many forces operate which you cannot see. Many things happen which you cannot hear. So to assume, it's not only wrong, but very dangerous to your existence. At least the story of Job in the Bible tells us that. That it's not good for you to assume that position. It is not also about luck. It's not pure coincidence. It's not by chance. But there is a deliberate hand of God that rules in the affairs of men. And sometimes when things are not the way you are, <clears throat> expect it. You have to lift up your eyes and expect something else. Because God rules in the affairs of men. Tell somebody God rules in the affairs of men. Oh, there is a hand bigger than any hand you can see. There's a hand that is stronger than any hand you can see. There's a hand that, that, that does good and does not do evil. May you find that hand in your life. May you find that hand in your business. May you find that hand in your family. Sometimes you need that hand to come in. You need a hand. Sometimes God brings in that hand to sustain his sovereign will. In spite of everything. Because he's sovereign. He chooses to do what he wants to do. And so when, when some times come, God's sovereign will, he stretches forth his hand and it happens in the world and nobody can do anything about it. Because he is God. That is why you and me need him in our life. I want to take a little bit of time to speak to you about this, how you can find that thing. The scriptures we read in Acts chapter 20 talks about Paul's admonition to the elders of the church of Ephesus. Paul had been with them for three years, taught them, nurtured them, 
taught them the word of God, encouraged them and built them up. And he was now living perfectly, never to be seen. Never to be seen again. So the Bible says he got to a certain shore and he called, he sent for the elders. And he said, you know what? I can see something. This world is a big stage. I can see something. That after my departure, grievous wolves will come in, not sparing the flock of God. <clears throat> and then he said, not only that, but amongst you yourself shall rise people. Sometimes the enemy can come from the house. Amen. Satan can steal confusion from your own business, among your own people. There are people who betray their masters for what they can gain. And sometimes it's Satan that influences them to do that. So he said, after my departing, I know this, that two things will buffet you. One will come from outside, one will come from within. They will hit you, not sparing you. Why? Because they want to disperse you. Then he said, but as for me, as I'm going, the only thing I give you is that I commend you to God. I commend somebody to God today. I said, I commend you to God today. May God stand on your side. May God be by you. May God fight for you. May God strengthen you. May God keep you. Am I talking some, to somebody at all who understands me? He said, I commend you to God. In times like that, who you need is not a man, it's God. Because the man you are thinking about may even be an agent. But when God is on your side, I said, if God is on your side, when God stands by you, then you can be sure. He said, as I'm going, and these things are going to come, I don't know what to do. But as for me, I commend you to God. And then he said, and I commend you also to the word of his grace. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up, strengthen you, make you stand, make you strong, so that you don't fall by the wind that is coming. The word of his grace is able to keep you in spite of all the things. The word of his grace will sustain you. The word of his grace will make you stand in spite of the problems and the challenges. This morning, I commend somebody to the word of his grace. May you find the grace that sustains. There is a certain grace that sustains. There is a certain grace. It sustains and keeps. It makes you strong. It makes you live. It makes you fulfill. He said, that grace will build you up and will give you an inheritance of your own. May you obtain the inheritance of your own. No devil can stop your inheritance. The word of his grace can bring you your inheritance. Hallelujah. So he said, when I go and all these things are happening, I want you to know that there is the word of his grace that is ab about you. The sustaining grace of God. Hebrews talks about how to find this grace. Therefore, we have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. But was in the same as we were tempted, also tempted, but without sin. And this is talking about Jesus who has passed into heaven. And he said, therefore, let us come boldly to that throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. Say, find grace. Come on, shall find grace. Come on, shall find grace. There is a grace you can find. <laughs> I want to talk about that. There's a grace you can find. Tell someone there's a grace you can find. Let me tell you 
This is not the grace that found you. There's a grace that found you. But there's a grace you can find. There are two different things. He's talking to believers. He's, talking to, he's not talking about unbelievers. We are saved by grace. Through faith. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. This grace, you don't do anything about it. Saved by grace. He found us when we were not worthy. It is called the divine favor. Where you were not worthy, you didn't matter. You didn't, it was not your concern. That grace found you. And that I remember when I was born again. I remember the day I gave my life to Christ. I remember how I was sitting somewhere hopeless. And just the word of God I read in a letter convicted me. And I woke up and I broke down. And I, and I repented of my sins. And I worked the whole day. That grace found me when I was not even ready to come to him. That grace found me. That grace will find somebody. You see, there is a grace that finds every human being. Now, that grace is a big invitation God gives to every human being. An invitation God gives. That grace will find you. You will respond to that invitation and that grace finds you. You respond to that invitation and that grace finds you. The Bible says, the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 3, the verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then he asks in the verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, free grace. Free grace. You don't need to find it. It comes to you. Immediately you respond to the invitation. That grace finds you. We don't know how we got it, but we got saved. All I knew was that I prayed. Lord, forgive me my sins. I'm a sinner. I repent. Your word has convicted me. And the grace made me whole. And the grace washed me. And the grace translated my life. And the grace repositioned me. And today I can say, I'm a child. This morning, that was the song I was singing. Who am I that the highest king will welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Yes, his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. That is the grace that found me. And it's the grace that found a lot of us. We only responded to the invitation. And that invitation is a universal invitation. Whosoever will, let him come. And that grace will find him. We receive that grace. And we are what we are. I know what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the verse 15. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace 
grace of God, I am what I am. So Paul recognizes that a certain grace has made him what he is. That is the grace by which we are saved. That is the grace which is a free gift of God, which is not of works, lest any man should boast. You did nothing but the grace found you, the grace washed you, the grace cleansed you and made you your child of God. That is what the grace does. By the grace of God, I am what I am. That grace makes you. But there is another grace that also works different. I call the two the two levels of workings of grace. Two levels. When you want to understand the first grace, you see that it is not of works, lest no man boast. But when you read Paul's statement, when he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Then he added, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Listen to what he said. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet, not I. But what? Which grace makes you labor? There is a grace. This is where I have a problem with the church. When we talk about grace as if we have nothing to do. There is a grace that makes you labor. He said, by that grace, I labored more than them. Yet, it's not me. It's that grace that made me labor. There is a grace that makes you work better and get much results. I didn't hear him. There's a grace that makes you stand. But there's a, another grace that makes you work out things better. There's a grace that can let you live holy. Because it works in you unto perfection. By the second grace, I labored more than all of them. But still, it's not I. It's that grace that gave me the strength to labor. That is the one I call divine enablement. You see, the first one is divine favor. But the second grace is divine enablement. Give me John chapter 1, the verse 14, 16 and 17. Especially the verse 16. Give me 14. The word became what? Was made what? Flesh. And dwelt amongst and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full of what? Jesus was full of grace. Full of grace. 16. 16. Of his fullness, he was full of grace. Of that full of grace, of his fullness, we have received what? We have received what? We have received what? Now, the New Testament concept of grace is different from the Old Testament. Hey, Pastor Adams, I didn't see you. That's a pastor from Bole. He also came for the of grace and of that grace we receive grace for grace 
Let's found us so that we can find grace to live. You see, the grace that saved you, you did nothing about it. But there's a grace that will help you to live better for him. Saved us to find another grace. Listen. The second grace is the one Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, he writes to the, uh, the Peter writes and says, be multiplied in grace. Because that's when you can be multiplied. This is the kind of grace the Bible talks about. It says you can receive abundance of grace. The first one, there's nothing abundance. It's, it's grace. It's enough to save everybody. The same I got, the same you got. What saved me is what saved you. But the multiplied one is the one you receive in multiples in order to be able to do better in life. Today, I want to pray for somebody. May you receive the sustaining grace of the Lord. May you receive abundance of sustaining grace of the Lord. May that grace sustain you and keep you and prosper you and make you better. Can I hear somebody shout a big amen? Sustaining grace. We find it. Let us come boldly into the presence of God that we may obtain that grace, uh, obtain mercy and find grace to help. You know what? That grace you find comes to help you in the time of your need. My needs are not the same as yours. You don't understand what I'm talking about. When God got me saved, he knows the things I will pass through. He knows the things you will pass through. So he has reserved some abundance of grace. Multiplied grace. More grace. So that when the need comes and you need it, you will find it. It's a reservoir of grace. Because it's in Christ. You can draw and draw and draw and draw. As you draw it, it is the one that will sustain you. May somebody be sustained. Listen, I don't care what the devil is doing in your life. I don't care what the devil is planning against your family. I don't care what the devil is planning against your business. But this morning, I came to speak upon somebody's life. Receive multiply grace. 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 You shall make it. You will not die. But you shall live to declare the goodness of the Lord. Multiplied grace, sustaining grace. That is divine enablement. It's not divine favor. Divine favor is different. Favor, you don't do anything. But divine enablement, it comes to enable you to work. Hear me. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Give me from the verse 7. Let me show you something about divine enablement. The second grace I'm talking about. Grace for grace. I obtained grace and I got born again. But in my position as a child of God, I can find grace for any situation I'm working in. Listen, may God cause you to find grace for any situation you are in. Verse 7. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given unto me a turn in, my, in the flesh, 
the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might, be, it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Keep it there. Paul's experience. Paul was going through some terrible times. Very terrible. Now, the Apostle Paul, uh, 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 the kind of revelations and the kind of power that man exuded. But a time came in his life. There was something that was happening to him. And by this he said, I went to God three times. That he should take this away from me. Because I'm going through some hard times. The answer God gave him. Paul, I'm not touching this thing. But I want you to know that I have made a certain amount of great sufficient for you. You are going through it, but I've given you some grace. And when you are in that grace, you are strong. You thought you are weak. But that grace will make you strong. In other words, that thing will not kill you. Because I have given you enough grace to sustain you. That is the one I call divine enablement. The grace that enables you to stand, to walk, to perfect, and to do things. In spite of the odds. I have made grace. My grace is sufficient. For you. Therefore, Paul, I'm not taking it. So Paul said, now he shouted, Oh, if that is the case, then I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The divine enablement. Come on, shout divine enablement. So the first grace is divine favor. Another grace which you can find in the time of your need is divine enablement. And when you find that one, it helps you to live your life. Am I talking to somebody? How do I find it? How do I find divine enablement? Let me say this. Nothing is by chance. People who don't believe God, they say things are by chance or luck. <laughs> oh, you are lucky. A child of God is not lucky. God's hand is involved. Sometimes you will really understand God's hand is involved. Before I show you how you can find it, let me tell you this. The grace of God is made available to help you in the time of your need. Nothing is by chance. 
Remember several years ago. Ah, Brother Nat, I've remembered this. This is Brother Nat. Some of you don't know Brother Nat. Brother Nat, stand up. Let them know you. This is my big brother, Brother Nat. You know, when I, when I, came, to, when I came to Accra, to refresh some of you, your memories, when I came to Accra and we were starting this program on uh, TV3, what was the name, I forgot it. Which passage was preaching? How many of you know that? TV3. What was it, Pastor Kwani? I forgot it. All right. We used, to, we used to do, he used to preach for how many? I think 10 minutes. And it was so powerful. So the cassettes were, Pastor used to shoot the thing on the Karaminga Hills, sitting on rocks and teaching. And then he would bring them to me. And then he said, you know what? Go see Brother Nat. I said, who is Nat? He said, go to action and find Nat. Then he gave me his number. That Nat will help you to put the thing well. Package it for the TV. So Brother Nat used to be there. I used to be in his office at Jowler. Every time I'll be sitting there, me and him alone, then he'll be working, putting things together. That's how come I met Brother Nat. We worked for a long time. But I'm just saying something. After I have met this man for a long time, in fact, we became like friends. I had his numbers. I could call him anytime. He too could call me anytime. Because some of the things arrive in the night and we have to go and work in the night. When it arrives, I say, hey, the Niamani for Bolgaba, Yanko. Then we'll go. I met him. Through that, I met a certain guy. I don't know his name. Called Red. We were calling him Mr. Red. We were calling him so. And he was, a, he was a photographer. He could shoot. I got the gentleman. One day, we were on the Tema Highway going to do something. Myself, Pastor Adams, and somebody were sitting in my car. We're moving towards Tema. And we saw a car in front of us. The car wasn't speeding Biao. Because we too, we were following. If it was speeding, the meter was speeding. But me, that motorway, I wasn't speeding on it. I was driving myself. Before we realized, I don't know where this wind came. Pick this car. We only saw it in the air. And threw it over. We couldn't move immediately to the other side because the cars that were coming were very fast. So we slowed down. And then we went up. And I told this man, we have seen this, we can't pass. Let's go back. We reversed gradually and got there. When we jumped and went down, I identified this man, Mr. Red, lying in a pool of blood. Some were locked up in the car. He, I don't know how he flew out of the window, of the glass, and was lying somewhere. And I said, this is Red. Then we began to pick them into my car and ran with them. Another car came. We put some of them, we ran. When we got to the hospital, then I called him. I said, Mr. Nat, his, phone, his number was on my phone. I said, Mr. Red is in the hospital now. He got an accident. You call this by chance? It's not chance. May the hand of God sustain you. And he appeared there with his team. Anytime I meet Red, he gives me, I said, Pastor. You saved my life that day. But it is not me. That's what God does. Listen to me. You can find grace to sustain you. There is nothing that happens by chance. It's not coincidence. It's the working of God. The problem with the church is that we don't see God 
in things. How do I find the sustaining grace? We must apply faith in everything. Without faith, you can't find it. Tell someone without faith, you can't find it. You must believe. A lot of Christians are in the church. They don't believe anything. When they are in trouble, you can see that they don't believe. Their belief is gone. When some, some hard times come, they don't have anything to hold on to. Listen, in the times of challenge, you need to hold on to something you believe. What is your faith? Your faith must hang on some things. Number one, your faith must hang on, on the pronouncements and benedictions which you receive. When you want to receive, when you want to receive the, the sustaining grace, it comes by pronouncement and benedictions. Say benedictions. And pronouncement. Now I'm going to open your eyes to something. You see, when we come to church, and then they say, may God bless you. May the hand of God sustain you. It's what? Pronouncement. God told Abraham, sorry, Moses, I beg your pardon, tell Aaron, the priest, and his children. That any time the children of God come before them, they should lift up their hands and bless them. Numbers chapter 6. She said, the Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Listen, those pronouncements, you must have faith in them to see it work. We share benedictions in our church. And people share it as if they are sharing granules. Shall we share the grace? The grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May the love of God and the Holy Ghost. People just joke with them. We have become too familiar with it that we don't even see the power in it. Listen, I want you when you hold someone say, may the grace of God keep you. You know what you are talking about. You see, don't take the pronouncements and benedictions. That's how come the grace of God operates. The sustaining grace operates by pronouncements and benedictions. There are people in this church, when they are traveling, they want the head pastor to pray for them. There are other people, it doesn't matter. No believer even knows about it. No Christian knows about it. Who is your shepherd? Listen, it matters when your pastor prays on you and says, God keep you and bless you. You have no idea what he does. He's not doing it because it is him. He's doing it because God's name must be glorified in your life. He said, tell Aaron and the children that they should lift up their hands on them and say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his countenance fall upon you. May the Lord shine upon your face. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord be gracious towards you. And may the Lord give you peace. Pronouncement. This is where I like the Nigerian church. This is where I like the Nigerian church. You don't tell a Nigerian, God bless you, and he sits down. I receive it. Amen. But for Ghanaians, we sometimes take everything for granted. Because Ideally, 
When you are greeting a, a, a great, a, a, somebody older than you, you shouldn't even be standing. But see, we have thrown that culture away and it has infiltrated into church. So when you are blessing people, they are looking at you. <laughs> One Nigerian man who I preached for came to my hotel and blessed me with an envelope on a radio. I said, thank you. He snatched the money, the envelope from me. He said, pastor, if it is thank you I want, I won't appear here. <laughs> I've received too much of them. He took that thing. I said, I want you to say something better on my life, not thank you. I quoted, I said, may the Lord bless you. He said, amen. Then he left it in my hands. These are people who know what pronouncement is. I said, these are people who know what pronouncement is. These are people who know what pronouncement is. When they are pronouncing a benediction, you must have faith in that benediction for you to be sustained. Listen, listen, sit down. Those days, when the church, when they write the Bible and finish and say, the grace of the Lord be with you. Listen, look at the whole of the Bible. Revelation chapter 22. The end scripture. After saying all those things, he said, yes. Now, let him that is coming come. Maranatha, he will come. Everything will come. Look at the dangerous things he said in, the, in Revelation. How people will suffer. How tribulation, how they He finished and said, and the grace of God be with you. Never I read revelations and I get it. And I hear the grace of God be with you. I go on my knees and I put it on my hands. I receive this grace. Because God is saying, this is the grace that will sustain you until I come again. Those days when the church meet, they used to hide and meet. And when they close and they are going, they never know whether they will meet again. Because Paul was dead catching them and killing them. So when they are leaving, they just embrace themselves. Just embrace themselves. Our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. This is my daughter. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with you. The only thing they didn't add again is till we meet again. But it meant it. They knew that what they were pronouncing on each other was important to preserve them, to sustain them, to keep them till they meet. We when we are sharing it grace of our Lord Jesus. I've forgotten that my hand is not strong. The love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. Persecution in what the grace of God can do. I said persecution hasn't come so we don't know what the grace of God can do. Those days, brother, they were sharing it because they believed in it. Because you could go and never be seen again. Announcement and benedictions. See, Boatin was traveling. He called me and called me because he missed it. He told me the day he was traveling. He didn't know that the thing had changed. He kept calling me. I was in this. Then he sent me a test. Daddy, I'm calling you for prayer. I'm calling you for prayer. I'm sitting in the plane. I'm calling you. I wish you see it. I didn't see it. The night when I didn't see it, I also went to the thing and I fired him at WhatsApp. I said, may the Lord keep you and bring you safely. Amen. And I added it, amen. Pronouncements. Benedictions. They keep you and bring you. This is when I'm traveling. 
and I know Pastor Isu is outside, he's coming. And that day, I'm also going. We meet at the... I become late. I go and sit in the VIP waiting for him. When he enters, I say, Aboji, the plane, they are boarding. Then I go on my knees. He put his hands on my head and pray. Lord, preserve your servant. Take him. Bring him back safely. We plead the blood of Jesus over his life. I get up and go, why should I go and sit and they are saying plane is flying and I'm waiting for prayer? Benediction. It puts some grace upon you to sustain you. The second thing is laying on the hands of the presbytery and their prayer. When I say presbytery, I'm talking about leaders of the church. When they lay hands on you and pray, it does it. In those days, in the Acts of the Apostles, you see many of it. When they choose apostles and they are sending them into war zone, terrible places, they kneel down. Acts chapter 13. They put their hands on them, commend them to God, commend them to his grace and release them. That was what Paul did in Acts chapter 20. Laid hands on them and commended them to the grace of God and despised them. And they went. That's the second way. Benediction, we do it among ourselves. Pronouncement, we do it among ourselves. But this one, the hands of the presbytery and the prayer of the presbytery can cover you until you come back. It can sustain you. It can make grace available to you to keep you until you come. To, to cause you to succeed. So Paul said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that is able to keep you. He laid hands on them and they despised them. Today, Laying on of hands has become a joke because we'll be a yebi. All actors are doing it. But let me tell you, don't get, don't get distracted with it. There is a hand that is different from actors' hands. Don't get distracted. When you read Hebrews chapter 6, and it's talking about the, the, the what do we call it? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. What does he call it? What is, what is that? Elementary doctrines. The elementary doctrines are the doctrines that we must hold on to from our beginning to the end. He mentioned uh, repentance from dead works, faith towards God, uh, what? Baptisms, then laying on of hands, then resurrection of the dead, and then eternal judgment. Six. Six doctrines the Bible lists there as primary doctrines every believer must hold on to. Repentance from dead works. That means repentance from dead works is a doctrine you must hold on to. You cannot be born again and still be holding on to dead works. Faith towards God. You must have faith towards God. Amen. Baptisms. Laying on our hands. The resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Six. The first four or the first three all are on earth. The first four, let me say the first four are all on earth. You need it whilst you are alive. Repentance from dead works. We will always have to be repenting from dead works. Faith towards God. We need to exercise our faith daily. 
Baptisms. We need it. This morning we'll be baptized afresh with the Holy Ghost. Laying on of hands. Never ending. Now, look at where the laying on of hands is. Between the earth and eternity. That means before resurrections come, we shall continue to lay hands. You know, it's very important. Why is this said? It's a doctrine. And it's before eternity. So we can we will continue laying. That means after you have repented and have faith and have been baptized, you still need laying on of hands. Can I hear someone shout a big amen to that? Oh, laying on of hands is important. So when a presbyter, when a pastor, when a leader lays his hand on you and pronounces and speaks, let me tell you, he's imparting the grace to sustain. Number three. The word, finding the word of your grace. Now, this one, I'm, I'm personalizing. Finding the word of your, say, finding the word of your grace. Listen, in the situation you are in, the word of God can, can find, you can find some scriptures that will Im, Im, emit grace for you to go through. We call it the word of his grace. I shall not die. I shall live. To declare the works of God. When you find it, death cannot seize you. Amen. I shall not die. When you are going through some things, there are certain words of God that can bubble out of your spirit. That is why people, learning the word of God is important. Because there are times when you are dry, then the word of God will come to your life. Of you don't know what happened to me. Me myself, I didn't understand it until one night the Lord opened my understanding. I saw it. I said, "Wow!" Yeah. And I told Connie, "I said, Connie, now I know the enemy wants to stop this work, hand from working." You see, when the doctors told me that it is overuse of hand, I joked. He said, the hand is being used too much. That's why the pains are in the veins. And I told them that which hands are used more than Passacius' hands. If that is the case, Passacius' hand would have been cut off by now. They all laughed. All the doctors laughed. So I, I was not believing, so I made that joke. And they all laughed. But still, I didn't know that the enemy doesn't want me to use this hand. Until when I found out one night, I said, eh, our lampu. This hand is blessed to lay hands. I carried it sick and I was laying the hands. And I, incidentally, since this thing happened, it started in your church. Incidentally, since it happened, I have preached more elsewhere, laying hands almost every night. And I'll go and do this. I said, devil, open, open. I said, you, if you like, cut the hand, we will lay shoulder. When I began to do that, when I began to do that, Osofu, then I found some scriptures. The scriptures bubbled in my heart. Every day I look at it and say, you, this hand. Uh, and I speak them. One of it was the word you were, you, were, you, were, you were talking about this one. The word of God is quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Some doctors said they have to operate here. 
So I said, the word of God is too powerful. Sharper than your incision knife in the, in the, in the, in the hospital. Amen. The word of God will cut it without blood coming. I said, the word of God is too powerful. It will cut it by itself. I said, the word of God is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing asunder to the dividing of soul and spirit. Bone and marrow. That means even my flesh. I said, that is it. And since when I started saying that, all the swelling started going down. All the blackness of the hand went off. Today when I got here, Pastor Connie, Pastor Connie and his wife, Pastor Connie can fish for things. He went and got me this. He said, you need this thing to hold the hands more so that you can. I wore it and it was fine. I said, wow, it's good. So I saw it in my office. Thank you very much. The word, find the word. There is a word when you find. It emits grace to take you. This is why the believer's strength is not in, in, in somebody. It's in the word. Your problem is that you don't know no word. I commend you to the word of his grace. When you are somewhere, there's no man of God. There's no body. You are lying down. Something is happening. May you find the word. May you find the word of his grace. May you find a certain word that you will speak over yourself and things will begin to align. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a shout of praise. The last one about sustaining grace, how to find it, is to make yourself available. This morning I was praying. Then the Lord told me that there is some availability. When you give yourself, God makes grace around you. He puts a lot of grace around you. When you just make... You see, when David said, who is this man? Just insulting God and his people. Then they said, that is Goliath. He said, Goliath, this uncircumcised Philistine. He said, I will go and fight him. There are times when you volunteer and make yourself available. God has no other option but to multiply some grace over you to do something. That is the way the grace of giving operates. That's the way the grace of giving operates. Anybody who volunteers, God brings him the grace of giving, which also brings the grace of blessing, because it is more blessed to give than to receive. When you make, so Isaiah said, I heard, shall go for me. And I said, I will go. I will go. I will stand. Sometimes when you volunteer and, and avail yourself, God has no option but to give you some grace which is above every other grace to sustain you. Because you see, what he sees is that this man is my battle axe. He has come out to show, to do some things. Let me put grace on him. And let that grace sustain him. Let that grace keep him. Let that grace bless him. Let that grace keep him. Let even the wolves cannot find him. Are you hearing me? I remember many years ago when I went to the north to preach. And some, some religious people were very angry. Because I said, I went to my own people. So they, were, they couldn't do anything to me. And they were very angry. One day I was in my house. A gentleman took his motor, uh, bicycle. Drove midnight, came and knocked my door. I said, who? He mentioned his name. Just 
so low that nobody will hear. I opened the door. I knew him. And he told me that, Pastor, be careful. They want to hit you with a car. They said they will hit you with a car because you are disturbing them. And when he finished, before I could say who, he took his bicycle. Whoop, he was gone. I believe that when they were, people were planning, he was among them. But later the Holy Ghost had to touch him and take him. Go back and tell the man. So here he came and told me, fear gripped me. Fear. Hey, fear. Say fear. Fear. Fear gripped me for two days. I couldn't sleep. Instead of me seeing God coming, I saw the devil rather pursue me. Pursue. I said, what? What am I going to do? One day I was just lying and praying. And then a scripture came. A scripture bubbled. Eyes of the Lord. Moves to and fro the whole world to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose hearts are perfect towards him. Immediately, light came. I said, Wow, the eyes of the Lord is upon me. I'm going out. Let them come. <laughs> I said, I, I got so bored. I said, I'm going out. Let them come. By the time they get close to me, the car will be lifted up and thrown somewhere, and I'll be standing like this. Listen. When you volunteer, God's grace will be enough to keep you. Amen. Tell somebody, don't be afraid. Come and tell him, don't be afraid. May the grace of God sustain you. May the sustaining grace of God come upon you. May the God preserve you. May the God keep you. May his grace be sufficient. May you have more grace. Come on, shout more grace. More grace. More grace. More grace. More grace. More grace. Come and put your hands together and give the Lord a shout of praise. Stand on your feet. Adam, nunti. Come and lift up your hands on him. The grace of God will sustain you. Whatever you are going through, whatever the devil is planning, may the grace of God surround you. Yeah. 